2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, for several weeks we have been discussing the topic, true worship. We've taken on various subheadings under true worship. I want to admonish you to go back at the forefront of this series and begin to meditate on what has been delivered. And here lately, we have been under the subheading, serving or segregated. Will you say that? Serving or segregated. Now, we have learned that every believer has a designated place in the body of Christ. And it is God who sets the members in the body as it pleases him. So wherever, the, wherever God sets me, that is where I'm going to be most beneficial. Why? Because that is the designated spot that he has placed you. Now, when we serve, what I mean by serving or what Holy Spirit wishes to convey by serving and by asking us to question, are we serving or segregated? Those who serve are those who are committed or who have committed their time, their talents, and their treasures to God. <laughs> they have committed their time, their treasures, that, that, that's your money, and your talents or that thing that God has purposed you to do, those gifts. We have committed or dedicated or devoted these things to God. In other words, when it, in, in reference to my money, God is first. In reference to the gift that he has deposited to me, I'm not going to give it to the world. I'm going to dedicate this gift to the Father. And when it comes to my time, you can rest assured that where God has placed me, I am there and you can count on me. Are you with me? Now, segregated, what we mean by segregated are those who are somewhat disconnected, those who are a part of a particular church, but they live isolated. They're not necessarily connected to the general population. They may show up, but there's no devotion of my time to the kingdom. There's no dedication of my treasures, that which God has allowed me to earn. There's no honoring God of the treasures that I receive. And relative to my gifts, you know, even though I'm gifted at this, there's no participation on me engaging what I have relative to where God has connected me. And when you say this, my place has a purpose. There is something that you have been called to do that is significant in the place where God has set you. Now, under that uh, subheading, serving or segregated, I want you to write this down. Turn away. Turn away. Away, And we're going to see this, and I want to reiterate, and again, I'm a teacher, so uh, each week I like to recapitulate or review and give you a brief uh, conspectus, if you will, of what we taught the previous week. So let's kind of go over some things that we taught. But I want to look at these verses more closely, and when we look at these, don't run through them, but let's meditate on what God is saying. But I want to say this, the company that we keep has a lot to do with how we offer to God our time, talents, and treasures. So uh, the people that we surround ourselves with has a lot to do with my dedication to God. Oh, yeah. We're going to see this. 
Some people can't be committed because of the crowd that they run with. Some people cannot honor God with their money because of the crowd or the voices that they have heeded their ears to. So it's important that we keep the right company. Will you say that it's important that I surround myself around the right company? Now, in our last discourse, and this is important, in our last discourse, we've seen uh, the disciples were called Christians because of their behavior, activity, speak, because of their behavior, their activity and speech were like Christ. See, again, we're talking about environment. They never called the believers of that, they never called themselves Christians. It was the unbelievers who gave them the name Christian because they were imitating Christ in such a demonstrating and godly way that they pinned the name Christians on them. In other words, they were so committed to becoming like Christ that their detractors or their critics began to call them little Christ or Christians. Now, again, they were called Christians by who? Unbelievers. And we've seen this, of course, by the unbelievers of Antioch, okay? Now, and I'm saying, that this, I'm saying that to say when we live in such a way where we honor God with our time, talents, and treasures, rest assured, people will call you Christians as well. And it should be, and, and notice in that day, uh, Greeks were known for giving satirical names to people who were part of a particular group. In other words, they were known for being sarcastic, and, and because they were being sarcastic, they would pin certain names on different groups. So in, when they initially done this, it was to be an insult to the believer. But in actuality, it was a great compliment. Why? Because they were demonstrating a Christ life like so much that people actually pinned that name on them. And I said that to say it should be somewhat offensive to us when people don't call us Christians. In other words, when we are living in such a way, uh, we should live in such a way that people say the same thing about you and I. He is a little Christ-like one. She is a Christ-like one. Are you with me? Now, and having said that, we also talked about how we should test ourselves to see if we're living our lives as committed believers. We've seen this in 2 Corinthians 13.5. We should test ourselves, examine ourselves to see if we are living our lives as committed believers. Ask yourself, have I committed my talents to God? Am I using myself? Am, am I using what God has purposed me with? And, and let me say this, and we're going through this. Uh, new orientation of changing some things within the body. And one of the, we were talking the other day, one of the things about exploring our various gifts. And I was sharing, when we get to that part, we have to understand when we're talking about gifts, it's not always a prophetic or, 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 or ministerial. No, no, it could be you are good at accounting. It could be you are good at, at overseeing certain people. So, and I'm saying that to say, every. You know, everybody can't preach up here at the same time. Everybody's not called to be pastor. 
Again, that's like you being one big head. No, the eyes have a function. The ears have a function. Your heart has a function. We have to ask ourselves, have I dedicated my time to God? Am I committed relative to my time? Am I committed relative to my treasures? Have I committed my treasures to God? Are you with me? Now, let's, let's move to 2 Timothy, and I want to reiterate some things because we're talking about <clears throat> turning away. And I submit to you, some of us would be more dedicated if we would just shift our environment. <laughs> I can help you real quick. If he takes you away from God, that is not your Boaz. If she takes you away from God, Rest assured, she is not the one for you. Because if he or she is from God, because iron sharpens iron, listen, it should improve or enhance my relationship with the Father, not diminish or take away. Are you here? And the reason why I say our environment is so crucial to our to us devoting our time, talents, and trust to God. Have you ever heard anybody ask you, you always at that church? See, they're challenging your time that you spend at worship. Every, every time I want you to do something, you doing something, brother? Your voice is so good, you need to take that gift outside of the... See? You mean you gave $20 in Church, see, environment. Let me tell you something. If the people you're around aren't enhancing your life, they are the wrong individuals for you. Watch this. You have to ask yourself, if the quality of my life is not improving as a result of you being in my life, you got to go. Are you here? Should I say that again? If the quality of my life, of your life, is not being enhanced, changing for the better, Brittany, I need to change my environment. He's not the one for me. She's not the one for me. And it's not always boyfriend and girlfriend. It could be buddy. It could be homegirl. Notice, we're saying, turn away, not throw away. We're saying, turn away, not throw away. Because, understand this, even though I created a distance, I'm still cordial. But I can't hang with you like I used to until you deal with the issues that you, oh, let's, let's look at this. Let's look at this. And you already know by now while Paul is writing this last letter, and, and of course he's giving Timothy a description of the conditions that will exist in the last days. And here's the thing. The conditions that he's talking about, these are conditions that will characterize those who are professing to be Christ-like ones, Christians. So in verses 2 through 5, we see about 18 different characteristics of believers in the last days. Now, and I can't say this enough, the key verse throughout the whole uh, second, uh, the letter uh, of Timothy, 2 Timothy, is found in 2 Timothy 2.15. We are to be diligent 
to present ourselves approved to God, a work we need not be ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly dividing the word of truth. Again, without a firm foundation, you will forever be tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind doctrine by the trickery of men. So it's important that I have a solid foundation. So when I hear erroneous, when I hear an erroneous gospel being taught, I know that is not the Bible. Are you with me? So having a strong, then too, having a strong foundation is what keeps you grounded. Having a, having a strong foundation keeps you grounded. Let me say it again. Having a strong foundation keeps you grounded. And I say that because grounded individuals are disciplined individuals. If you ever notice someone who's disciplined, they're pretty much grounded, solid in what they believe. Then two, disciplined people, notice, I said grounded people are what? Disciplined people. Disciplined people are very cautious of the company that they keep. Why? Because I don't want you to mess up my disciplines. I got a good thing going, and I want to keep it that way. So people who are disciplined don't generally hang around people who are not disciplined. People who are committed don't hang around, son, people who are not committed. Why? Because I don't want you to cause me to waver in my commitment to this thing. That's why people who are disciplined, you can be out somewhere and they know, listen, it's, I know what I have to do tomorrow, so now is my time to exit. I know what needs to be done. But when you're not disciplined, are you with me? So let's look at this. Second Timothy, we're going to read verses 1 through 5 and verse 7. But understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times will come. Days that will be hard to bear. Verse 2, for people will be, do you see this? Lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane, and they will be unloving. Do you see this? Devoid of natural human affection, callous and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, brutal haters of good. So doing good is wrong now? Notice how contorted that mentality is. So you are a hater of someone who does good. Who did that to you? What environment are you dwelling in that caused you to be a hater of someone who is doing good? Verse 4, traitors. We see this stuff going on in the body of Christ. And, and let me say something, guys. <laughs> and you should know the truth. And the truth should make you free. And you should know the truth. And a lot of reasons, a lot of times we stay in things because we don't want to embrace the truth. So we have to understand reality, whether it's my mama. If my mama's not good company, I need to create a distance. If my sister, brother, auntie, uncle, who I miss, God mama, God daddy brother, sister. And sometimes we sacrifice ourselves and remain in toxic environments all because of the sake of the relationship. Not knowing that you are bad 
for me. Not realizing that I can turn away, but I'm not going to throw you away. And turning away, say, I'm going to give you a chance to get yourself together. But I will not dwell in that environment and listen to malicious gossip and slander. And are y'all here? Verse 5, holding a form. Do you see this? Of godliness. Although they have denied its power. For their, watch this, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. What did it say? What does he say? Avoid such people and keep away from them. This is the word of God. Avoid such people and, and keep far away from them. Now, we're going to go back to verse 5, but let's, let's read verse 7. Always learning, always learning and listening to anybody who would teach them, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, let me explain verse 7. The expression always learning does not mean that they are continually learning more and more about Jesus and the Word. No. Rather, it means they are constantly delving into one religion or cult or religious belief after another, but never able coming to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because one week they're over here, one week they're over there, and they're never students of the Word. That's why we said 2 Corinthians 2.15 is the most important scripture throughout all of this particular epistle. Why? Because it is the study of God's Word and knowing the truth that makes my foundation strong. So when I hear something that's an erroneous gospel, I know that that's not of God. Are you here? So basically, what we see here is that there's going to be a time where paganism is masquerading under the name of Christianity. And we talked about that last week. And that's all. It's just this self-indulgence. People are going to be very prideful. We see this now. So again, turn away, but don't throw away. Are you with me? Second Timothy, we're going to come back to verse 5, but let's, I, w- I want to see you, I want to show you something here, how it's important that we watch the company. Now, he just showed us about eight, and there's more, 18 characteristics of people, Christians, who we need to create a distance from. Do you see this? Now, <laughs> not just Christians, but if you're not bearing the name and have these characteristics, I want to create a distance from you, too. Company is company. Well, let me say this. Bad company is bad company. Are you here? Second Timothy 4. And let me tell you something, man. The worst thing, you can, the best thing, let me say it this way, the best thing you can do from people who have moved themselves out of places, even where God is calling them to be because of an offense, or the best thing you can do for that person, let me tell you, the best thing you can do for them is encourage them to forgive and let it go. The second best thing you can do for them is encourage them to get help. You need to, it, listen, if it's three years gone and you still di- Child, you need to see, you are doing this by willful intent. You need some help to help you process. Matter of fact, we got to figure out why are you still holding on to that. So the best thing I can do for you is encourage you to forgive. 
then encourage you to get some help. But I would not, again, remain in this mephitic environment and allow you to move me from the place where God is placed. God is speaking. He's speaking. For the time will come, and we're in that time, when people will not tolerate sound doctrine <laughs> and accurate instruction that challenges them with the truth of God's word, but, want, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. Watch this. Let's watch this next part. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another chosen, to what? Satisfy, there go that paganism, satisfy what? Their own desires. And watch this, and to support the errors that they hold. So what he's saying, daughter, is the time's going to come when people who want to live any kind of way they want to live will find teachers, preachers, pastors, apostles, prophets, who were teaching things that line up with the error that they hold. And let me tell you something. Just because you may have a 501c3 nonprofit status, a building, a pulpit, a podium, and somebody standing behind there preaching the word to you does not mean that God is the builder of that house. Especially when what they're teaching goes against the word of God. We're about to see this. And we see that now. That's why I have to be a student of the word. So when Reverend get back here and say something crazy, I know, sir, I'm not saying that you're not of God, but what you said is not of God, and you're wrong. And we'll turn their, watch this, and we'll turn their ears away from the truth. And we'll wander into myths. See, oh, here we go. And man-made fictions. Listen to this, and we'll accept the unacceptable. And I see pastors now accepting the unacceptable. We're never called to be popular. I'm not trying, I'm not concerned about trending or numbers or weight. Man, I have an assignment from God. I could care, I could give a rat's rear end who likes me and who don't. My job is not to appease you, my job is to preach the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Not be concerned about who you can't counsel what God has blessed. <laughs> Worried about being counseled. Not only can you not curse what God has blessed, you cannot counsel what God has blessed. But as for you, not just Timothy, you beloved believer. Be clear-headed in every... See, <laughs> you cannot be clear-headed if you're not using the Word of God as your guide. Be clear-headed in every situation. Look, stay calm, cool and steady. Endure every hardship without flinching. Do the work of an evangelist. Keep telling people the good news. <laughs> Fulfill the duties of your ministry. And, and let me say this. <laughs> Notice we just seen a couple things. The time's going to come when people will not have a stomach for the truth with sound doctrine. And they will begin to look for preachers and places, edifices, 
who were teaching the errors that they hold. You can think about it. Whatever it is, there's somebody who's using a Bible man of God saying it's okay in the name of Jesus. That's what it means. That's why you have to study. And let, let me tell you something. See, notice we said turn away but not throw away. And when you understand the grace of God, when you understand the grace of God, you understand that the grace of God is not condoning what you do. The grace of God is I can love you in spite of what you And I'm going to show you Jesus in spite of. Notice, the grace of God teaches us how not to live ungodly. Are you here? So when you understand grace, it teaches us what? How not to live ungodly. There's going to be a desire to do the right thing. Why? Because it teaches us to do what's right, as we see in the second Titus. Are you here? If I go there, we'll get stuck. But you've seen it. But whenever you teach this kind of truth, expect to be vilified. That's why he said, listen, look at verse, uh, four, uh, verse 5. Notice he said, endure every hardship. <laughs> because when you start teaching truth, you're going to be vilified. People are going to criticize you. For your stance. Are you here? And it, it, it tickles me. Notice he, he encouraged him. Listen, man. People are going to come after you. Because you're teaching the word. But stay calm. Cool. And steady. Remain clear-headed. Do you see this? And what gets me is that. When you stand for what you believe, especially Christians, they accuse you of being intolerant and exclusive. Like, you came up with this. This is not my word. It's the word of God. These aren't my ideas. These aren't our ideas. We're just simply stating what the Lord has already said. But, the, but, but they come at you like, you, I didn't write the word of God. And what happens, people just choose to reject the message because they do not want to face up to the errors that they hold. That's the real problem. They attack you because they're satisfied with the errors that they hold. If you ever think about it, that's why when somebody caught you in a lie, we never, it's hard for somebody to admit the truth. And when somebody pointed out, what do you do? You get upset when you're not ready to admit it. Come on, tell the truth. Anybody ever did that? When, you, when, when, when the truth was called out, did, did you like, man, thank you. I appreciate that. You got livid. You are ready to fight. So people choose to reject the message because they do not want to face up to the arrows that they hold. Are you here? So, that's why the Apostle Paul, he called the message of the gospel the fragrance of death. 
Who remembers that? All my Bibles. He calls it the fragrance of death. Are you here? Well, well let me show you. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians, verses 2, 15 through 17. And, and note, he calls it the fragrance of death because the gospel has a twofold effect. It signifies one thing among those who are being saved and something altogether different among those who are perishing. To those who accept it, talking about the gospel, it is a pledge of a glorious future. To others, it is an omen or a warning of doom. But God is glorified in either case, for in him it is the fragrance of grace in the one, in the one case and justice in the other. So if I embrace it, you got a great future. But if I reject it, it's going to be doomed. Are you here? So, so I just wanted to show you that because, and I'm saying that to say, the persecution is going to come when you stand on the truth of God's word. And I see pastors folding because they want to be popular. Man, let, let me tell you something. Thank God for, for schooling in, the, in that side of it. But if you don't have a revelation of the written word, you can be intelligent as you think you want to be, but dumb when it comes to spiritual matters. Because you're leaning on your own understanding. Are you here? This thing is for real, guys. It's Christians out here running wild. When, when people should be doing us just like they did at Antioch, calling us little Christ ones because of our dedication and commitment to serving God. Are you here? Let's look at these verses. I just want to show you this since I went there. Verse 15, our lives are what? Are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who have been saved and by those who are perishing. So, those of us who are believers, we, it, we embrace it. We understand the gospel, what the gospel of Jesus really is. Are you here? But those who are perishing see it differently. Verse 16, to those who are perishing, we are, dre we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. Man, don't come over here bothering me. I'm satisfied living like this. God knows my heart. He does. And he wants to change it. Are you here? But those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a and who is adequate for such a task as this? Look at verse 17. You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. See, I'm not like the hucksters who preach for personal profit. Again, I'm not trying to be popular. <laughs> I'm not trying to be politically correct. The truth is the truth. And I can love you without condoning your nonsense and foolery 
and errors that many hold. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority. You know why I do this? Because I know God is watching me. <laughs> I'm not worried about me. No, I know God is watching me. Are you here? Let me give you, let me get to a good stop, but you need to get what I'm saying today. First Timothy 4, what are we talking about? Environment. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? What? Turning away, right? Not throwing away, but turning away. See, again, people vilify you. They, they criticize you when you teach this, but I'm not the one that said turn away from those people. The Word of God says it. So you have to be, be understanding, darling. It's not me. But I'm so committed to God, I have to follow his word. Huh. And only the way his word is going to benefit me is if I live in agreement with it. So I'm going to create a gulf between you and I until you get yourself together. Why? Because bad company corrupts good habits. Are you here? Huh. If I have time, I'll show you that. 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. But Holy Spirit explicitly and what? Unmistakably declares that in later times, some would do what? Turn away from the faith. Paying attention instead to what? Deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines or teachings of demons. Misled by the hypocrisy of liars whose conscience are seared with a branding iron. See, in other words, you can get so, you could be so bound by the errors that you hold that you are no longer functioning like a rational human being, leaving them what incapable of ethical functioning. Not just rational, but ethical. Anything goes. Why? Because I have no moral compass. It's what I say it is. And dare you to say something about it. And, and notice I said earlier that the false teachers are these false, not just false teachers and teachings, but it's going to be the false teachers again that will be the propulsion or the impetus or the motivation behind people falling away. Why? Because the preacher said it. And just because you find a place that agree with the errors that you hold does not make it correct. When it goes against the Word of God. And you know where people get a sense of, of, of solace? It's because they have found a preacher now who says it's okay? Well, he's a man of God. She's a man of God. Clearly, they know what they're talking about. Let me tell you something. If it's going against the word, you do not know what you're talking about. Are you here? That's why, notice he said, 
with the Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that some will follow away. Why? Because they're paying attention to seductive spirits. I can't quote 2 Timothy enough, 2.15. You have to study. See, seductive spirits. That's why John tells us, beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits. No, 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 no. It doesn't say by the spirit. No, no, I'm saying. It, it, it doesn't say test the spirit by the spirit. I'm saying it not to be ugly, but to, because that's what we've always said. Test spirit by the spirit. No, it said test the spirit whether they be of God. Well, let's look at it. First down 4-1. Since, since, are you here? No, because the old saints just said, test, hey, Shana, by the spirit. Yeah, that ain't what it, that doesn't what it said. Sounds good. You know, I, I like what you, you know, it sounds good. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Not by the spirit, test the spirits, whether they're of God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out. Are you, do you see this? Into the world. So, but see, I can't test the spirit, whether they're of God, if I have no idea what the word of God says. That's why you have to study to show yourselves approved unto God. Oh, man. A workman need not be a saint rightly. See, again, rightly divide the word of truth. See, well, how was you able to pick that up? Because I, I'm rightly dividing the word of truth. It sounds good. It's not being ugly, but it doesn't say tested by the Spirit. By the Spirit. It said test the spirits whether they are of God. All right. Now, now, look, look. the Corinthian church, they, they were... They had got to the place where they began to measure their own, again, they were measuring their own, uh, uh, they were finding men and women, and, and they were, you know, kind of sizing them up based upon their own personal preference. Again, you know, he, he's this because, you know, he's teaching what I believe, she's teaching what I believe, and not, not the word, but they were measuring them based upon their own preferences. And prejudices. And Paul gets on about it. I, I, I'm, I'm giving you stuff that's not, I'm adding, I'm giving you some nuggets is what I'm doing. Because he, we've seen people, the time is coming where people are going to be, they're going to hold to the errors. They're going to heap up teachers who would teach the errors that they hold. They're going to be misled by doctors of demons. And you have people now being biased on who they, he's saying, he's saying, see, that, that's in line with my convictions. That's in line with how I'm living. <laughs> so they were doing this in Korean. So, and what they were doing, they were comparing ministers one with another. So Paul asserts that the only true basis for evaluation is that you base them based upon the word of God, or you gauge it by the word of God. Is he preaching the truth of God's word? That's what you base it on, not how popular he or she is. Is the man, is the woman preaching the truth of God's word? 
Because if they go outside of the word, now they're caught up in pride. Are you here? You're puffed up when you go outside of what's written. That's what he said. So let's look at it. You hear? That's why you have to be diligent to present yourself approved unto God. Workman need not be saying right in the divine word of truth. Say this. Say there has to be biblical balance. Now, we're going to go to, I'm going to show you this. I just explained it, so I'm going to show you in 1 Corinthians 4, 6 here in a second. But say biblical balance. Notice I said when you go outside the word, you are now puffed up. Okay? So if I'm teaching something, if I'm teaching an error that Zenobia holds, I'm being puffed up, prideful. I'm in error too. Are you here? Who's with me? So, so uh, in, 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 there's a theological doctrine, you heard me say it years ago, referred to as sola scriptura. Sola scriptura. Sola meaning alone or only, and scriptura meaning writings or scripture. So sola scriptura literally means only scripture or scripture alone. So for the believer, his life is guided by scripture alone, not a little bit of this and a little bit of that. No, the word of God is my God. That word is a lamp. Is a what? Lamp unto my feet and a light. <laughs> to my path. Watch this. So, 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 solar scripture means what? Only scripture or scripture alone. This is what Paul was saying to them. So, in other words, when we puff ourselves up in arrogance and go, or we puff ourselves up, excuse me, with arrogance when we go beyond what's written. So when you go beyond what's written, you are now operating in foolish pride. 1 Corinthians 4 and 6, just look at Paul. What is he saying? Now, brothers and sisters, I have, appe- I have applied these things to you, uh, to myself and to Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond What's re- in other words, you don't judge it based upon your own preferences. No, I use us as an example. No, you, you judge them based upon the word, not your personal preferences. What does the word say? Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not what? Be puffed up in being a follower of one of us against the other. See, when I allow the word of God to be the guy. I may not like your color, your height, your whatever, but if that's what God placed me, and the truth is going forth, I'm going to sit myself there, and I'm here not based on my biases and personal preferences. So we don't join the church because of my personal preference. God sets the members in the body as it pleases him. And see, you could do yourself wrong, a lot of great disservice by joining the church based upon person. Girl, it's only three minutes from my house. Yeah, but you could die spiritually or you could continue to starve spiritually if that is not the place where God is. I'd rather drive an hour and a half to where God called me and I'm bearing much fruit and my life is experiencing tremendous changes than to drive, than walk across the street and remain in bondage, bound by tradition and religion. 
So he said, turn away. Now let's go back to 2 Timothy 3, 5. Let me get to a place of stoppage here. He said, holding, 2 Timothy 3, verse 5, holding, to a, uh, holding a form of outward godliness, religion, although they have denied his power, for their conduct nullifies, again, their faith, their claim of faith. What did he say? Avoid such people. And if you know what kind of people he's talking about, read verses uh, 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> Are you here? Put, put, put those verses up so they can see because they're trying to figure out what, who, what, what, what people, who, 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 who are you talking about? He said, I want believers who are characterized by these tendencies or proclivities. Those who are unloving, calloused, malicious, gossips, those who don't self, self brutal, haters, traitors, lovers of pleasures, rather than. In, in other words, he's, he said, man, don't allow yourselves to be captivated by the wrong company. And some have been charmed, mesmerized by the wrong individuals. And see, here's, notice he said, having a form or semblance of godliness. Now watch this. This is where a lot of people are deceived because the form. They're going to church. See, that's what, oh, they know all the Christians. They know, they know Bible verses. They're using the cliches that, Chris, girl, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. I'm blessed, girl, in the city. See, 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 we, we, that pastor just said, one, girl, I'm too blessed to be stressed. But, but, but see, here's what, doing these things may look good. But if the inner attitude towards God is not right, the outer appearance is meaningless. So if the inward man is not right. That's why a lot of people lack power. They have a form, but no power. That's why I said, man, listen, you can have a building. You can have a pulpit. You can have someone standing behind that pulpit teaching the word. That does not mean that the power of God, nor does it mean that the anointing of God is on that house. Especially when they're teaching error or an erroneous gospel. Let me close with this and get to a place to stop it. How can I keep myself from being deceived? You know how you can do it? Just look at a person's behavior. Again, your behavior will always give you away. <laughs> okay, let me prime. Some of you can see it in about 20 minutes when church is out. Your behavior will give you away. You don't want, you, you don't want us to dismiss and someone saying, was that the same man who had his hands lifted? Can just bump me and keep on going? Is that the lady who I heard speaking in tongues? Here, I, I'm looking at her in her face, Shay Shay, and say, darling, have a great week. And she, her? And I said it to say, see, your, your behavior 
will always give you away, whether it's good or bad. Listen, remember, last week we see the believers, the disciples, their behavior was such like Christ that people pinned the name Christians on them. Are you here? Again, the company we keep, it has a lot to do with our commitment or a lack of commitment to a, to a particular community. There are a lot of you who are here, and some who may be watching us who may not be here. Uh, my commitment has a lot to do with the company that I keep. My lack of commitment has a lot to do with the company that I keep. And the last thing you want to happen is you don't want to be a person who has become crippled by the wrong company of individuals. Are you here? Let's look at this real quick and I'm done. You can play some music softly if you want to. <laughs> First Corinthians, let's go over this real quick. You good? I wanted to give you this so you can have something to look at. I don't want to stop mystery. But since I only see you uh, once a week. Give a brother out at 45 minutes. You know. I don't think I went over an hour yet, have I? I got five minutes. <laughs> First Corinthians 15:33. Do not be misled. Bad company. Do y'all see this? I want you all to read it out loud. I want you to hear it. Ready? Let's read. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good habits. Now, if you scrutinize this text, okay, I'm talking about you, I mean, you do a real deep exegetical examination of this. You pick it apart. You know what it means in the Greek? It means bad people. Will corrupt good habits. That's what it means. Who got that? Proverbs 12:26. Look, I got five minutes. The quicker you can go there, the quicker I can be done. The righteous chooses. I want you to read these out loud. Ready? Let's read. The righteous chooses their friends how? Carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. Do you see this? So a righteous person, it, 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 they're, they're not quick to call you a friend. Why? Because I choose my friends carefully. Do we have the same views, ideals, ideology about the God of the Bible? Are you here? So the righteous chooses their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Again, the company. Uh, then two, remember this. Who you know has a lot to do with how far you go. Who you know has a lot to do with how far you go. Should I say it again? Who you know has a lot to do with how far you go. Look. I'm telling you guys, just think about your life. If you're not necessarily advanced as you want to be, you got you to you adjust your circle. 
And if you are where you want to be, and I know there's more to go, give a lot of the credit to the circle of influences that are around you. That's why the writer of Hebrews encourages us to follow those who have the faith and patience. Follow those who have the faith and patience, has inherited the promises. But who you know has a lot to do with what? How far you go. Let me show you Psalms 37, 37. You here? Yeah, we'll stop right here, man. This is two, Psalm 37, 37. Let's read this out loud. Watch. Now, when he says blameless, Mark, I think the traditional King James is perfect, man. He's not saying perfect in the sense of you having no flaws. The word blameless uh, or perfect in the Hebrew literally means a person with noble character, a man of integrity. He's not perfect. No, nobody's perfect but Jesus. Even when Matthew encourages us to be perfect, that word perfect, he's talking about it means to be mature. And it's, it's maturity that's developed or, or, or it's a maturity that comes as a result of a process of development. Not perfect in the sense that you won't ever have a flaw. Okay? So when you see that, don't, and you, I, I've even heard preachers take that literally like, man, you're not perfect, sir. You're not Not in this life. <laughs> Are you here? Mark the blameless man, do you see this, who is spiritually complete, and behold the upright who walks in moral integrity. Just a little lower, sir. Who walks what? In moral integrity. There is a good future for the man of peace because what? Of life and uh, a life of honor blesses one's descendants. Now, let me say this. A descendant is not just someone who is, is connected to you by way uh, of uh, them being your biological son or daughter. A descendant is an adherent. Anyone who adheres or follows closely to someone's method or teachings. So, descendants aren't just people uh, by way of uh, birth. Descendants is anybody who has followed you or adhered to your principles or teachings. So here we see that how far I go has a lot to do with, or who I know has a lot to do with how far I go. Notice it says, Mark the blameless man who is spiritually complete and behold, the upright who walks in what? More integrity. This is a good, see, good future. That sounds like, what does that sound like to you? Do you see this? It sounds like, I'm going to go pretty far. That sounds like a bright future. Why? Because of a life of honor. Because a life of honor blesses one's descendants. So when I mark the man of noble character or the woman of noble character, and I follow them, as Paul said, as I follow Christ. Oh, yeah, your future is going to be pretty bright. Are you here? And I end with this. Half of most people's problems would dissipate or cease to exist if they would only rid themselves of toxic company. Think about that. You mean to tell me half of my problems would go away if I just get the wrong people out of my life? Absolutely. 
Are you here? Yeah, I'm going to stop right there. Notice, it's time to turn away, not throw away. I'm not throwing you away, but I am going to create a distance. Why? Because I don't want you to corrupt my character. I like living in the blessings and favor of God. I like living in agreement with God. And I can't allow someone else who's living outside of God's agreement, who's living incongruent with this word, to cause me to get out of sync or, uh, or out of agreement with God. Like the writer said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. In other words, had I not went astray, things would have remained pretty good. So I want to challenge you. Begin to look at your circle of influence. And if you're doing good, and I say this all the time, if, if, if things are going pretty good, that's a good indication that you, 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 you're dealing with some good people in your life. But if there's hell, havoc, chaos, turmoil, as pastor said, drama from day to day, it's the wrong people. If you're doing good, a lot of credit can be to the people in your life. If things are rocky, it can be credit to the wrong people in your life. And see, here's what we, we, we have to understand. There are a lot of good people. But we have to know who's good for me. I'm not saying you're a bad person, but you're not good for me. See, I'm working on something. I know where I'm going, where I want to do, what I'm trying to accomplish. And we're just on divergent paths. We're not seeing eye to eye. That's why it's not, be, it's not good to be connected to an unbeliever. That, in we always take that as saved and not saved. It's not just saved and not saved. That's included. But, but being un unequally yoked is two individuals who have different beliefs. Two people who do not see eye to eye. That's what it means by do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It, it, it's, it's two people who have divergent beliefs. You believe one thing, I believe something. I believe... In doing right, you may believe in doing wrong. We're not on the same page. So it's important uh, that we begin to do this because, uh, again, guys, it, our company has a lot to do with how we are advanced in the kingdom of God. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord just a big shout of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.